Whoa, happy Pride Month, baby birds! It's June, aka my favorite month in the year because it's not only Pride Month, but it was also my birthday on the 6th. So yes, very, very special month for me. Slay. So I'm sorry that I delayed this episode so much. I was having a lot of issues because I was both busy and um, dealing with my own personal stuff. And it was just a lot of things that I had to deal with all at once. So, yeah. Originally, I did have a really, really big episode planned where I would talk about um, the history of queerness in a lot of different countries. But I tried to record that like many, many times and it didn't work out that well. And I was just having a lot of trouble recording it and I was having meltdowns and shit and that was not good for me. So I decided to just do a little summarized version instead and I would focus more on my own personal experience because I thought that would feel more meaningful and whatever. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of wanted to get something out and feel productive and to be fair, I think my coming out story is a story that I want to share with you all since I think very few of you really know the depths of it and most of you just know a very condensed version. But mm, I thought it would just be a very beautiful story to share. And I just think that this would be a very short episode this week because I don't have much else to say. But first, I would like to talk about the history of queerness in Malaysia. And I would also like to credit a video that I watched about it from Newsflash. I will probably link that video later. So I think the world in general had very, very diverse a queer history like yeah there's a lot of stuff like i'm actually looking through my script right now there's a lot of stuff like especially in asia i think like okay let me tell you about three countries first i'll tell you about phil about the philippines maybe china and india so in china there wasn't much about like female couples and whatever because you know i think in ancient times people looked down on women so unfortunately there wasn't much about them but for the most part for the men gay relationships were seen as completely acceptable you know like actually among the high-ranking monarchs or officials they would choose like a male partner among their courtiers and usually they were associated by both of them elevating each other and the ennobling of love and i don't know if y'all have heard of the cut sleeve tale which talks about Emperor Hai of the Han Dynasty, who was resting with his lover, Dongxian, who had fallen asleep on his robe. So instead of waking him up, he cut off his sleeve and let him rest, going to court in a disheveled state. Yeah, then in India... Oh, maybe I should do India later because India kind of ties with Malaysia. Okay, so I'm doing the Philippines first. The Philippines one is kind of long though because the Philippines has a very, very huge mythology, which is really interesting. I definitely think y'all should look into it. Very, very cool. But basically, in the Philippines, before the Spanish colonization, there was huge queer presence. And there was like really, really diverse queer mythology. So the most popular one is probably the Visayan myth of the god of death. His name is Sidapa, who fell in love with the seven moon gods and eventually lived on... I'm sorry, I, I don't have to pronounce this. Mount Majas with Libulan, one of the moon gods. Today, the patron god of homosexuality. 
as husbands, you know, after defeating Bakunawa and saving Libulan from its wrath after it devoured the moons. And they also have a transgender intersex goddess called Lakati. Lakapati, sorry, I, I'm really, really sorry, I'm butchering the pronunciation so bad. So, yeah, she's the goddess of fertility and good harvest. And they also had gender crossing, which started long before the Spanish arrived. But, you know, the Spanish came and ruined everything. And because they had this kind of thing about machismo, and they thought that gender crossing was taboo. And it happened a lot in the Philippines. There was even this thing called the Baba Lions, who were priestesses in native communities. And their role was usually given to women, but at some point in time, it could also be given to men who would cross genders. And these men were called the Asok and could engage in homosexual relationships without society judging them. But of course, Spanish the Spanish didn't like that. And then also, when the Americans came and colonized them, gender and gender roles were instituted. And they even used the education and the media to regulate all these things. So that is why now, you know, it's not a nice place to live if you're queer. Which is really sad because their queer history is really, really awesome. Really, really awesome. Then in India, like India, queerness has always been a really, really big thing. Like even in the beginning, there was this concept of a third gender called the Tritiya Pakriti which is a group of people who do not go by the binary notion of any sexuality or gender, being accepted very, very early on. Or in the Karma Sutra, which talks about same-sex intercourse, or a temple called the Kajuraho with sculptures that explore the fluidity of sexuality, and not to mention that even many leaders in India showed their support and open-mindedness towards these kind of things. And some leaders even talked about how they too were attracted to men. That is really cool. And actually, India has very rich and interesting history and culture when it comes to the topic of sexuality and gender identity. Like, I think they were probably one of the most accepting ones out of all of the countries that I did research on. But, of course, the British came, ruined everything, and it was criminalized by them because they deemed it unnatural. And India is now extremely homophobic, and the laws that the... British set was only recently decriminalized and India has a very very long go- way to go towards supporting and protecting the LGBT community and Malaysia would also see some similarities when it came to that so yeah let me just music break sorry <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm, I'm trying to fill up the time because Okay, so let's talk about Malaysia. So, if you're a queer person just like me, you will know that in Malaysia, we have it shit. Absolutely shit. We get a really, really bad rep here. So, when you think about Malaysia and how they treat queer people, most people point out to the Sharia law that carries a punishment of varying from 3,000 ringgit fines, prison, whipping, and more depending on the state, though that applies to the Muslim population. And there is also this thing called Section 377, which is was something that is also that was also shared by India but was recently decriminalized. And it de- and it criminalizes the act of sodomy. Even though most people say that this is a law against homosexual people, um, those who are experts in the laws 
say that it is mostly seen as a more aggressor and victim thing. So section 377, as I said, was borrowed from India. It was a law that the British made and it, queer and it criminalized the queer community. And because, okay, basically they made this law when the West society in the 1500s were changing. No thanks to Christian values, which I am absolutely not surprised for because, yes, I don't know, Christians ruin everything. I can tell you that firsthand. I will speak more on that later when I talk about mine. Thing. But what about before the British arrived? How was Malaysia's view on, you know, homosexuality and whatever? So Southeast Asia in general, as I said, was a, you know, generally very, very accepting place. And it, was, it had very rich history of gender and sexuality and the fluidity of all of it and being accepted and sometimes even praised. Malaysia, honestly, no different. Malaysia was actually used to be very relaxed and accepting about fluidity of gender roles and sexuality even after the arrival of Islam in the 12th century. People knew that sometimes others were different in those ways. That some people liked people of the same gender, that some people preferred to identify with a different gender, and everyone was okay with that. So for example, there were these people called the Sida Sida, who were gender-fluid Malay courtesans, and also the Manang Bali, who were gender-fluid Iban shamans who served very important roles in society, and they were respected, celebrated, and revered for their contribution to society. But what happened? So coming back now, since then, the Judeo-Christian values have less influence and prominence on society, with many movements happening in the West to combat misogyny and homophobia, such as, you know, Pride Month, which started as a protest, like a series of protests when the queer people eventually decided that they had had enough. But what about here? So here in Malaysia, while the rest of the world is fighting against the old Christian values, we are letting Islamic values gain prominence and forcing its influence onto the rest of the country. So we are a country that heavily criminalizes homosexuality and our country is so queerphobic that not one queer person in this country feels safe. I can promise you that. Like, we are so homophobic that some episodes of shows are taken off Astro just for having gay scenes in it. Like, you know, the other day, well, not the other day. I think this was like a few months ago. I was looking at Astro because I wanted to watch that episode of Adventure Time. The one that it's just Princess Bubblegum and Marceline being a really cute gay couple. And they took that Astro off. Like they, like, like they took it off Astro. I was so pissed. Like, are you serious? Do you all think we're going to spread an agenda or something? Like, holy shit. No, just let gay people be happy. Anyways, yeah, we are, s this country is so homophobic that our community is constantly blamed for all the things that go wrong in this country. Like, I know y'all have seen the news. Every single time something bad happens, the politicians will always talk about the LGBT community. They will always bring us up and somehow be able to blame it on us. Like, what? Like, seriously, while other countries begin to repeal their homophobic laws, we seem to keep ours and constantly talk shit about the LGBT community and even say that we need to strengthen the laws against them. How sad. And yes, yes, I know, I know that all of you are going to come at me and say that the Sharia law only binds the Muslim community. 
But just to inform you, most of our country is Muslim, and for a Malay person to qualify for the special rights and advantages given to the community, they have to be Muslim, even though the highest law of our country says people have the right to practice any religion they wish. They'll be bound by the law of the state that could leave them with no money, leave them with trauma, could leave them hurt or even dead. A trans woman in Malaysia once said that the state arrested her 20 times for her identity. Like seriously, I know that the law mostly only applies to the Muslim community, but I think, I think you guys have to realize that when the entire country is mostly Malay Muslim, that that view kind of generalizes and the whole country comes into you know comes into the whole thing and then they start trying to push those laws that they claim are only for the muslim community onto the rest of the country because they have a belief that you know you know homophobes are like that they just have the belief that we're wrong we're wrong we're just wrong which is disgusting and also wrong as yeah like i even wrote here in my script since it's the majority of the country their values reflect and influence the rest of it duh the lgbt community in this country have no recognition and no protection which is really sad because we're such a multicultural country yeah we have no respect for people with beliefs that go against the majority and even if like even if your own religious law states that thing, why should that effectively change how you treat the rest of the community? That's not fair. It's not right. Like, seriously, what happened to basic respect? You don't have to support it, you just have to respect it. Like if they're not of your religion, like why are you so concerned? Y'all have a problem. Y'all have a serious problem with treating people who are not of your religion like shit and expecting them to abide by the laws of the religion that you follow. That is bullshit. That is serious bullshit. I will talk about more of that later. And even the worst part, transitioning resources are banned here. Like, we can't have sex change surgery. Hormones are banned unless it's for, like, special treatment, for, like, medical purposes, like, proper medical purposes, I suppose. So, yes, I will be moving abroad. Because, yeah, this country sucks. And it also, it's, I mean, it's, it's also kind of sad how we'll never celebrate Pride Month here. Because all, all of our community has to fight in silence. And we'll all get arrested if we celebrate Pride Month. So, like, come on. I, like, I'll appreciate anything at this point. I will go for the bare minimum. The second I see a rainbow somewhere, I will give you praise. Like, I am just that, that desperate at this point. And yes, yes, it's, it's just... It's, it's, it's bad. But I think that's also why I'm so open about my identity. Because in a way, I know that in this country, the queer community lives in so much fear because of how we are viewed by most of the country. Because trust me, I have been on Malaysian TikTok, especially Malay TikTok before. Malay meaning M-E-L-E-Y, not the proper Malay Malay TikTok. But yeah, they really, really view us badly. Like, all of them wish we just... Bleh. Like, you, you, you know what I mean. They just don't want us around. And I just feel like I'm so open about my identity because I want to start a new generation of storts that is proud of who they are and open about who they are and just letting themselves be who they want to be. 
And I want to become an advocate for the LGBT community in this country, even if I'm just starting small by being open about it on my Instagram and around my friends, because I think that being queer is nothing to be ashamed about. And I think that we all have a very, very big history that involves the queer community. And I just think that everyone is beautiful and that they should know their worth. So yes, do y'all want to know how I came around to realize that I was queer? How I went from being the token straight friend to being a queer person? Yes, let's talk about that. Okay, another music break because I don't want this music. I mean, I want to I don't want this file to get too long. Okay, awesome. Welcome to the final part of this podcast that I am making very, very quickly. Yes, I'm so sorry I'm rushing through this, but I have an assignment to do soon, and I just wanted to get through this very, very quickly. But yes, let's talk about my experience as a queer person. So, I didn't know how how I felt about the queer community as a kid. I think I was just kind of, oh yeah, gay people exist. Cool, I guess. And I didn't realize I was queer until I was 14 or 15? I feel like I kind of had a couple of signs before that, but for the longest time, I was just token cishet friend. Like, I, I remember a friend of mine came out to me as bi, and I told her... I don't know if she remembers this, but I, I remember this very clearly. I told her, oh my god, you know, if I was a boy, I would totally date you. I think I bagged two scores for that one. Like, girl, living in the closet much? Hello? Yes, like, I think even at some point when I was a kid, I would play with dolls and stuff and I would try and like make my own characters and sometimes in secret I would make you know little dolls of male characters like okay I was a really big Monster High fan so I would make new like OCs where I was where I was a male character and then I would date some of my (laughs) favorite female characters so Again, another two score for that one. I didn't have many signs other than that. I, I have no idea. Like, honestly, I just feel like it, it was always at the back of my head. And then one day, it just kind of hit me like, Am I queer? Am I bi? Are, are we serious? So, I did a lot of thinking on it. Like, I think when I was thinking about whether I was bi or not, I was pondering for like, two weeks two three weeks and i was so scared about coming out cause i was like but what about my religion what about what my parents would think and eventually i was like okay you know what you know what fuck it i don't care so i don't know if y'all remember but i wrote a really long letter that i posted on my story to come out and i found this i actually found the letter the other day wait i want to find it hold on wait I want to know what I wrote. It's it's really cute. Give me a second. I'm actually like searching this up. 
in real time. I'm going to find it. I'm really sorry. I wish I could find it. I have so many things here that are... Is this it? Nope, not this one. Okay, you know what? Never mind. I'll find it later, maybe. Okay, so anyways, back to what I was saying. So, I did come out of my story as bi, and it was just a very... It was a very life-changing thing for me, because finding out I was bi just led down to a whole pipeline of me questioning my gender, because... Um, okay. How, mm, gender. Very big topic for me. Oh, no. So... I didn't address this for a very long time because even though yes I was fine with being called a girl for like a really long time but something in me always just kind of felt like I didn't feel right in my skin and I didn't know if it was just because I was really insecure because I had a like a phase well not a phase I wouldn't call it a phase but there was like a point in time when I was younger where I was so confused and hurt over the fact that I didn't look as feminine as my other friends because I didn't have typical girly features and I just didn't feel like a girl and I at the time I just kind of felt like it was a I think I'm so ugly thing but over time that kind of developed into a more of a am I really a girl thing <laughs> so I actually discovered the vast gender identities after a friend of mine told me yeah sorry about that so a friend of mine i found out that uh they were non-binary i think trans mask non-binary i can't remember then i was like oh that's really cool what is that so i just kind of went onto the lgbt wiki and I did a shit ton of research, and I was like, oh, wow, that's a lot of stuff. So then in the coming days, I was like, hey, they, them pronouns are cool. Hey, dude, can I use they, them pronouns and still be a girl? And then he, and then they were like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's still cool. And, uh, and then um, using they, them pronouns became me discovering this gender called demigirl. And I was like... Okay, okay, and, and to de define demigirl, it's kind of like, sometimes you feel like a girl, sometimes you don't. I think it's like a percentage thing. So I was like, hey, that kind of fits me. I don't feel like a girl sometimes. Okay, let's go with that. And then, and then, it became non-binary. Because at some point, I just feel like I was nothing at all. And then... Oh wow, yeah, I was having a very, very big confusing moment thing because there was just so much stuff and I didn't know what to go by. Then I settled for, after the non-binary thing, I settled for gender fluid because I thought, okay, sometimes I feel like nothing and sometimes I feel like a boy. So I was like, okay, yeah, nice cleaning and gender fluid, I can deal with that. And then I realized that I was a lot more comfortable with the mask terms and with the he him pronouns and eventually i was just like okay you know what 
you know what? Forget it. I'm a boy. I'm a boy. I can't deal with this anymore. And even to this day, I still struggle with identity sometimes. And sometimes I wonder, am I gender fluid? Am I? Am I non-binary? Am I? Like, seriously, sometimes I, I, I still don't know. But sometimes just identifying as a man is easier for me. And because at this point in time, it's more comfortable for me. Because, you know, I ask everybody to call me Robin. Which has a funny story, by the way. Haha. <laughs> it's not a very funny story. Because I think all of you already know why I call myself Robin. It actually started with me um, calling myself Rosie. Because... You know, my my middle name is Rose. And when I went on Twitter, I didn't want to use my real name. So I used the name Rosie as like a nickname. But eventually, of course, Rosie didn't sit well with me. So after I came out as non-binary, I used Eden instead. Because uh, one of the members of an hyphen, his fandom name used to be called Edens and also because I think Edens were just nice flowers. So I went by Eden. Of course that that became a bit too feminine for me after I realized I was a man. So well I didn't realize I was a man yet, but I think this is when I was gender fluid. And then I got more comfortable with the term Robin because I was also trying to find another name for another account. And that was when my Teen Titans hyperfixation had started and I was a really really big fan of Robin. This is before I became a DC fan, by the way. <laughs> so, I was like, okay, Robin, Robin, awesome. Okay, let's go by that. And eventually, I just got so comfortable with the name. I started using it everywhere. And then, I started getting uncomfortable with my actual name. Because besides the whole transgender thing, I just have a lot of very bad associations with it. Eventually, I was just like, okay, Robin, Robin. I want everyone to call me Robin. Yeah, I also go by the name Roy if anyone wants to call me that. Nice. Anyways, let me take a sip of my water. And yes, you know, guys, I'm very, very open about my queerness. I just think that there is absolutely nothing for me to hide because this is part of who I am. And I think that there is nothing wrong with me. And I think anyone who says otherwise is just... No. Because I actually um, struggled a lot in the beginning with my identity. Because obviously I knew that the religion I followed did not um, have a nice opinion on it. And actually personal experience... I wanted to join the youth ministry at my church because I had always been participating in youth events. Like, actually for a really long time, the church was a really, really big part of my life because I had met a lot of good people there and I thought, you know, they, they, they have my back and I wanted to join the youth ministry because I wanted to do something with my time. I wanted to do something with my life. And then they said that I couldn't join because my identity didn't align with their beliefs and I wouldn't be promoting what was correct in the religion. And until I had realized to correct my decision, I wouldn't be able to join. Yeah, that hurt a shit ton. And 
Not to mention all the homophobic and the transphobic sermons I had to sit through in mass. And one time, the priest called us, like us gender, like transgender people, delusional gender benders. Yeah, delusional gender benders. Oh my god, I can't even say that right. I don't know how he said it so easily. Transphobe. So yes, I was very, very upset. And to be honest... I tried to save myself by trying to like search up whether the religion actually viewed us this way. Then at the end, I just kind of realized that everybody has a different view on religion. Some Christians think that it's wrong. Others think that it's not. To be honest, I don't think that it is because a lot of the the what uh, the verses they use to try and combat the LGBTQ community have been um, opposed and actually proven wrong by bible scholars and those people who actually study the bible and actually have seen the original wordings and whatever and they have proved that they were all just mistranslations and also because throughout time the bible was purposefully mistranslated by the people in the west because as i said in around a certain period of time the people in the west were becoming more and more homophobic and transphobic and would change the bible to fit their beliefs and then they would preach it to the people which of course is not right but it's in line with what i know about christians because christians are horrible people for the most part well actually no i'm kidding i mean i have met a lot of nice christians but the religion is just eh, and a lot of people are just eh. and i don't like how a lot of people try and combat the queer community with the bible because bro not everyone follows the bible you think they care about what the bible says if they don't follow the religion but yeah for me i cared about it a lot like i really really cared about it a lot and i cared about what the bible had to say about me but now after going through so much shit i just i just feel like i don't care that much anymore and for now i just kind of feel like i want to do what i want to do and after being told so so much that i was wrong that i was in the wrong that i was doing something wrong i just kind of felt like i needed to break out of that and i needed to do something to you know combat that and now i want to become an advocate for queer people in this country and i want to represent our community and just be something to show everyone in this country who is also queer just like me that there is nothing wrong with us and that we don't need to change anything for anyone and that we should be proud of who we are and that no matter how many people look down on us they can never ever destroy our identity because that is not something we can change and that is something that they cannot understand and honestly if they don't understand then just ignore them i know it's hard to ignore people but sometimes hanging around with the right crowd does just the case you know i mean i found a very very you know loving community of friends like i i think i was very lucky when it came to my friends because i think almost all of my friends were very very supportive of my decision to identify how i do like seriously i was very very lucky 
because I know not a lot of people have friends like that and a lot of people have to live in the closet because they don't have good supporters but I was blessed lah I mean my my parents are still very very against it so I haven't told them yet but my friends just made me feel like everything's gonna be okay so yes um I don't know how long this has actually taken it took a lot longer than I expected it to I thought it was going to be a short episode but oop, apparently not wow lucky I didn't go into the whole history of the whole of the thing that I planned to do um so yeah I mean I don't want to talk too much but eh, <laughs> I just want to say um I have a very very good pride month you guys like I know I, I know it's it's really hard being us sometimes because of how badly people view us but i just want to say that you you are incredible just the way you are and that no matter what anybody says about you i i i I believe in you you know i believe in you and i think that you are amazing and that nothing about your identity makes you worse of a person it just forms it's just part of what forms who you are and i think that is beautiful so yes Keep slaying, everyone. Be proud of who you are. And if anything, you guys can always come to me. Trust me, I know shit ton. And if you need help figuring out your identity, take your time. Everybody's journey is different. So, yeah. Don't stress yourself out. So, yes, I don't have anything else to say. Bye-bye, baby birds. Have a very, very good Pride Month. I love you. Please give me ideas for what to do for the next episode. I have no idea what to do. Thank you.